morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning. We're going to ask those that are going to come and lead us in our time of worship this morning to join us. We've got a special treat for you this morning. Sister Art is going to join us today. She was the first lady of this church for many, many years. She's going to come help us this morning and lead our hymn together. So let's worship together and sing an old hymn of the church. There is meeting in the air.
today, church. Amen. Let's remain standing for prayer. Lord, we just love you today. And we glorify you and we magnify the name above every name. God, we just welcome you in this place this morning. God, we are here to celebrate 30 years of ministry, God. And we just couldn't have done it without you. You are, Lord, the builder of this house. And so, Lord, we just love you and we glorify your name. In Christ's name we pray. And the people of God said amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask you to remain standing. If the ushers at this time will make their way for to take up our tithes and offerings. We're going to pray over the offering real quick and then let you come and bring your tithes unto the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray for the gift and the giver. We pray for those that have to give and those that may not have to give. If there's someone here today, Lord, who can't give, Lord, we pray that at some point in time you would bless them to be able to give and let everything that is collected today be for the advancement of the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. And the people of God together said amen. Amen. And will you bring your tithes and greet each other in the Lord at this time. God bless you. morning to you all today. I know there is a lot of smiling faces, a lot of visitors, a lot of folks. We still have some that are on their way that will be coming in shortly. Uh, They're trying to get from different locations. But today we just want to say happy birthday to 30 years of full-time active ministry in Berkeley County to the Santee Circle Church of God. You have been here for 30 years in this community. Can you give yourself a hand? We know there has been various seasons of ministry in this town and in this community, but God has certainly been good to us all during this season of time, and we are so excited for all of you. I know some of you are first-time guests. Uh, 
here maybe with us today. Uh, we have, over the last 30 years, seen God do a lot in this church. And, um, and so I'm going to ask, uh, if you will, just for a moment, if you're turning your attention to the screens, we're going to have a video that is going to play for you today just to kind of commemorate the last 30 years. So you watch the screens at this time. And we're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. Their lives are stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly love. Find us faithful. After all, our hopes and dreams have come and gone. And our children sift through all we've left behind. discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find oh may all who come behind us find us faithful may the fire of our devotion light Lives we live 
give yourself a hand for 30 years. 30 years. You know, in order for 30 years to be, it's pretty impressive to say. I, I served at a church one time that had 85-year history uh, at the time when I was serving there, and it had over 18, I think, or 20-something pastors in that period of time. It was a list. That it's endless. In the last 30 years, though, God has been good for 24 of those years. Bishop Henry C. and Sister Fayard, I'm going to ask them if they'd stand where they are. They're here with us this morning. They, let, they started the church and kept it going for the first 24 years. So we honor them today. <laughs> Following Pastor Ard, Brother Bishop Stanley and Sister Jessica Gaskins were here. And so they were unable to be here today, but they did send us this message. Hey, Santee Circle Church of God, I'm so glad and pleased to uh, just hear the great announcement of celebrating 30 years. Uh, I was privileged to be a part of that between 2017 and 2019, and uh, just so excited to see how far y'all have grown in the last four years under Pastor Jonathan. Um, he is doing a wonderful job. My hat's off to him. Um, Brother Ard took it from birth to 25 years, and and uh, it was it was a pleasure to come from under him. Um, and it's great to see everybody. I watch your services online, and it's so glad to. I'm so glad, Sister Jessica and I, are so glad to see the growth, and um, excited for you and with you to see what you're going to do in the kingdom of God, and what He's called you to do. Excuse me. Also, want to shout out shout out to several. I don't want to leave nobody out. So, so if I do, please forgive me. But uh, Sister Louise uh, James, she was a great backbone for me. Brother Marion and uh, Sister Sherry, uh, <clears throat> Sister Beulah. Uh, I'll throw her on blast here today. She sings beautifully. I, I miss her singing. Brother Stan, brother, uh, Sister Brenda. Brother, Sister Brenda Burbage, and uh, just countless others, uh, thank you for your support when we was there. Thank you for your understanding when we was called to Nashville, North Carolina. And uh, I'm praying that God will continue to bless you in many years, in your many years uh, in Monk's Corner. I pray that many things will come uh, through your existence there on Highway 52. God bless you. Our love is to you all the way from North Carolina, Nashville, North Carolina, and we hope to see you in the fall. God bless you. I do want to say if Brother Stanley or Sister Jessica watches later today, thank you for sending us that, that representation today. You know, I was thinking, I learned a lot uh, in preparing this, you know, 30 years and doing things we over the last couple of weeks been doing all kinds of renovations and remodel for your arrival we have been putting stuff in you'll see here momentarily uh, when you go to dinner the back whole back section has been remodeled and re redone in the back and uh, with appliances and other things and, and flooring and all kinds of other things and signs out front one thing I did not know is apparently somehow I've been here four years and someone has yet to tell me that Sister Beulah sang I had to find it out on the on the screen that Sister Beulah sang, 
So uh, when Brother Stanley sent me that on Friday and said, uh, and I watched it to make sure it was going to play, I was like, I learned something new today. So um, I'm just letting y'all know. Apparently, Sister Beulah sings. In case anyone wanted to uh, to know that today as well, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Art to come join me on stage. She is going to be leading Scripture and prayer here in a moment. But as I was thinking about today. In the day, what this commemorates and what this celebrates today, you cannot celebrate 30 years without having a birthday, having a day of birth. In fact, here in a few moments, we'll acknowledge when I come back in a few moments, uh, we've got a couple of birthdays. Uh, Liam, uh, uh, Brother Brent's sister, Vanessa's uh, uh, little boy is having a birthday. This week, Brother Barnes will turn 92 on Tuesday, so and he's with us in service today. But this church had to have a birthday. It had to have a visionary. It had to have a dreamer. It had to have somebody who would say, you know what, there needs to be a church in Berkeley County for us to even celebrate 30 years. And so, after much debate and prayer, I'm going to present a plaque to Brother Ard today that has a picture of the church and its completion. And it says this plaque is hereby awarded to Bishop Henry C. Ard by the Santee Circle Church of God, in sincere appreciation of your generous support and guidance from the years 1993 to 2017, your integrity and leadership have been displayed from the inception of the church and is still felt here today. May you always know that we are eternally indebted to you for paving the way for us to still be here today. So today I present to you, can we stand and honor the man of God who birthed us for 30 years. He's going to come lead you in scripture and prayer. You may be seated. We'd like to thank you. There's so many things we would like to say. But we'll sort of refrain from most of it. But I'd like to thank the people that stepped out by faith and to start the church. Most of all, I'd like to thank God for the opportunity. Only He knows how much He had to help me and how much He touched the people's lives and they touched heaven often time to bring the church through some hard times difficult times times of falling away times of gathering and some of them here I hadn't saw in a good while they'll always be dear and close to my heart and face I thank the Lord for almost 50 years of working in churches, more than 50. Two weeks ago, we was privileged to go to Brother Bob Mathis' church. We were with him for a while and when he started his church. And they, 
they celebrated 50 years. So, Jonathan, I hope I'm around when y'all celebrate your 50 years. I know we can never thank you enough or praise God enough because without him, we couldn't do anything. But he said, by his grace, he's able. And not only able, but he's willing to supply all of our needs. And he's still meeting needs in the church, and I'm glad to see the church growing again. I'm glad to see the work that's going on to keep it looking like a place that belongs to God. I think it ought to be took better care of than our own homes. And I think we ought to treat it with honor, and I thank God that they are. And I'm praying that God would save many a soul. I hope he would do something today that he did about two weeks ago in celebrating Heritage's 50th years of service. He saved one soul. I wish you would save somebody here this morning. Because if we forget about that, it'll perish. People have to be one into the family of God. We don't only have to have good attendance and good tithes. We got to have people born again, washed by the blood of the Lamb. For the church to really grow and prosper. And I pray God would send a harvest. And I believe he will. If you're a pastor, if you'll hold him up in prayer and ask God to guide him. I'd like to read a few ver- few words of the scripture in the Psalms 25. Verse 4. One verse. Show me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Would you pray with us this morning? Our Heavenly Father, as we approach you in prayer today, and know, Lord, that we don't know how to pray unless your Holy Spirit touches us and your word comes alive in our heart and we're able to draw our mind into a heavenly atmosphere through your spirit. And then, Lord, we know that heaven's windows can open. God can pour out his spirit to us and lead us in a spirit that will draw men and women to God from out of the dark domains of life so that they can come to know the saving grace of God and have a hope that he will lead them and guide them. We must have a sincere desire to know you, Lord, and to know your will. Not our will here this morning, Lord, but the will of God. We believe it was God's will for this place to be established. We believe it's God's will for it to continue to grow and to prosper. We believe it's God's will that you're going to anoint the pastor even in a greater capacity than he's ever known before. And you're going to bless the music and you're going to bless the singing. 
But God, you're going to touch cold hearts and broken homes and draw men and women closer to the family and the fold of God and help men and women to get ready to meet the Lord and the Savior and to get ready to serve Him until He comes a call and men and women will know God personally and be a soul winner because you said He that was with His souls is wise and Lord we've got to the place where the very smooth being saved a few men and women turning their lives completely over to God holding back apart but help them Lord to be led by your spirit Lord hallelujah and preparing themselves to do service for the Lord and we'll praise you and honor you God for that that you do let the Holy Ghost come down here this morning and sweep through this place and let us see the handiwork of God. See your glory as it comes into the house of the Lord. For the real purpose to draw people to God. And to equip them, Lord, that you draw for service. Not to sit on the sidelines idly. And just let the day go by. But oh God. That there would be workers to go into the harvest field. That's wide already under harvest. And this church would see a great gathering Of men and women come to God. And be sanctified and filled with the spirit of God. And the operating of the spiritual gifts of God. To be manifested. In this last day, so men and women will know when they're walking in the right way and in the path of the Lord and the hand and the anointing of the Spirit of God is upon them to show them the way and the path that they're to walk in. And we thank you for these days and for all you've done and going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's stand all over the house this morning.
with your hands lifted all over the house. Can we just sing that again? For you alone, worthy of our praise forever, you alone are seated on the throne of heaven, glorify, glorify you alone. Let's sing it one more time. Let's sing it like we mean it today. So we declare that you alone worthy of our praise forever. You you Lord we magnify you Lord Lord if we celebrate 30 years of you being God we glorify and magnify you alone we worship you Holy Spirit we worship you Almighty God there is none like an unto you we love you Lord we worship you Lord Lord in heaven the praises of your people in this place today we feel you in this house Holy Ghost in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we commit this service today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While you're standing, if you'll grab your Bibles and go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. We give this praise and worship team and all the singer service moderators a hand of appreciation today. Before we go to prayer, back to prayer in a minute, I want to make a couple requests brought to this body. Continue to pray for Sister Barnes. She's having some heart issues. That's why she's not here today. Sister Glenda, uh, Brother Mike King's wife, Sister Glenda had some surgery this past week, so she's not here today. And Corey and Jennifer Burbage and their family are traveling today. Sister Lila Fay and Brother Dubby are traveling back from Kentucky today. They're on somewhere between here in Nashville, Tennessee, coming home. So lots of folks um, in and out today, so we want to remember them in prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to read just one verse, verse number 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may not be of us, but it be all about God. Now look at what the psalmist said in Psalms chapter 16 and verse 6. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. The only reason we are here today celebrating 30 years, number one, is because it was not us. It was God. We're just the earthen vessels that are here. And the reason we can celebrate another 
40, 50, 60 years down the road is because God has allowed the lines to have fallen in pleasant places. And we have a good inheritance. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest name, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The lines have fallen in pleasant places. Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, help me to preach your word today to the people of God. Let it not be me that is heard, but your word that is spoken. Let everything that is said and done be for the advancement and the glory and the honor of the kingdom of God. Father, I commit this service into your hands. Anoint me to preach effectively, efficiency. And Lord, convey the whole Bible that I can today to this body so that someone today can leave here changed, challenged, convicted by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And for that, I give you the praise and the glory the honor that's due your name. And together the people of God said amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The good news is for you I'm going to preach fast because dinner is already here. I just saw the caterers coming in on the screens. Uh, they were delivering food. So it's, it's getting warm back there. So I know you're ready to eat. So make sure that you, uh, you stay for us for dinner. And then after dinner we will have a singing on the grounds at 2 p.m. Just like we did years and years ago to commemorate our heritage. When I started thinking about what could I say today that would encapture or encapsulate the celebration of today, I prayed about it, I read these scriptures, and when I was kind of thinking through it, these scriptures came to mind, and I started there with the Word of God, and I said, okay, God, but I need a title. I need something that's going to, something they remember. Now, I don't know how many of you ever remember this, but back when I was a little boy, back when... You know, uh, some of y'all had rabbit ears for TVs. Uh, mine didn't. We, I still remember rabbit ears. My grandfather had one. But, but we were able to at least afford, you know, 450-foot satellite dishes back then that took up your entire backyard. That's, that was the increase back of the day. They looked like some kind of space shuttle that fell out of the earth, and we used them. But there was a commercial that came from a company that was trying to sell you their most efficient and effective batteries and that company was called Duralast. Anybody remember Duralast batteries? They had a slogan that they coined for many years and I was sitting at my my table last night as you probably well know my lovely adorable beautiful wife sleeping. I know that's shocking for you to believe but she was asleep in the chair and I was thinking I need a title. I need something to capture it and I could only keep thinking about that Duralast commercial because they had this cute little jingle that said, built to last, Duralast. That was their slogan, built to last, comma, Duralast. Now, I'm not here today to try to get you to go buy Duralast batteries. That's between you and God what batteries you put in your car. Now, that's not just any construction building. That's your church when it was first built on this property. I come back to tell us today we were built to last. We're going to endure last. We're going to endure to the end. We were built to last. And I started thinking about these scriptures and how it's the excellency of the power of God and not of us. And we have a good inheritance. I remember the story told one time of a man who was traveling in the Mojave Desert. He was dying of thirst. And in the distance he saw an old abandoned shack and he 
staggered through the gate, and he looked frantically for water in this desert. And all he saw was this old rusty pump. He slumped back on the floor in disappointment. But as he sat down, he happened to see an old dusty jug laying near the pump. He wiped the dust off of the jug. He read this note. And it said, You must prime this pump with the water that is in this jug. P.S. Be sure to fill the jug again before you leave for the next thirsty traveler. He immediately popped the cork, and sure enough, there was water. But it was hot. It was stale. But it was water nonetheless. He was dying of thirst, but he had a decision to make. Drink the water that's moldy and hot and stale, or to pour it into this pump that looked like it wouldn't work. Reluctantly, he decided he would take a chance and pour it into the pump. He pumped, and he pumped, and he pumped, but nothing happened. See, when people are building churches and things like that, and over the last 30 years, there's been lots of times in this church's history under Pastor Art or Pastor Gaskins or myself, there's probably been times in our lives when we felt like we were pumping and pumping and pumping, but nothing was happening. He was about to give up, but Brother Jeff, he said, I'm going to pump it one more time. Boy, can I tell you, sometimes we pump one time, we stop pumping one time too quick. And he pumped one more time, and all of a sudden, a small trickle of water. Well, encouraged by this little trickle of water, he pumped harder. Finally, a little stream came out, but it was of rusty water. But he still was encouraged, so he kept on pumping. And finally, all of a sudden, he felt something start to bubble into the pipe. And all of a sudden, a a geyser of water came flowing out, and it was cool, and it was clear, refreshing, cold water. And he drank, and he drank, and he drank, and finally he refilled the jug. But before he put it back and left, he added this note. Believe me, it still works. Can I tell you today that we have been here for 30 years. We may have pumped it and pumped it and pumped it. We may have pumped for salvations, and it may seem like no salvations have come. We may have pumped for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of a heavenly language, but it never come. We may have pumped for the church to grow and not to feel like we're shutting the doors, but it may felt like growth was never going to come. We may have had highs and we may have had lows, but can I tell you, if we keep pumping the primer and we keep pumping the Spirit of the Lord in the house, can I tell you, He still works. He still is effective. God will send the people. God will send the laborers. I'm telling you, it still works, church. It still works. It still works. And even when you get just that little, sometimes God will send us that little drink of water to remind us He's with us. I remember we that I first got here. We were trying to do some renovations. Some things like that, but we didn't really know how much money we wanted to spend. And this council, Brother Marion and Brother Stan were my council at that time. They're still faithfully serving. It was just two of them. We took a step of faith to bring me in full-time, completely full-time, to help get this church try to go and get going. We were praying and believing. We said, as long as the budget holds, we'll do it, Pastor. We'll, we'll do it. I was praying for God to give us a breakthrough for a kids' ministry. So at that time we didn't have kids ministry, but right now there's probably about 13 or 14 kids in the back right now in kids church today that we didn't have four years ago. 
we were praying about it, and I told them we needed to upgrade some sound equipment. This was right before COVID was the hit. We needed to upgrade some sound equipment and other things, and we needed some money. We needed to figure it out, and we took a step of faith. We took it before the church and said, you know, hey, we, we need to do this, and we need to, we need to get this sound system. We're going to have to borrow against ourselves. we got the money, but it will put a little dent in the budget, but we'll make it work, but can you do this? And the church unanimously agreed to it. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I said, God, you got to show us that we made the right choice. On December the 31st, I was sitting in my office. Sister Stan, Brother Stan, Sister Brenda, they were serving, helping out here as the church clerk at the time. And Brother Mary and some of those guys, they will remember this. I was sitting in my office and somebody came by. said, Pastor, what you need for this church? I said, well, we're trying to put in a sound system and we're trying to do this. And they gave me a $10,000 check to finish the job. Sometimes God will just send you a trickle of water when you need it. Over the course of the years, I'm sure Brother Art could tell countless stories if he were to speak today or Brother Stanley Gaskins, if he was here to speak today in their ministry. There have been times that, yes, it felt like the rivers of living water were flowing in our ministry and everything was great and the waters was just troubled. And, but there were also times in the ministry it felt like rusty old pumps. Nothing was falling. No water was coming. It wasn't seeming to go anywhere, and it seemed like everything was a struggle than it was flowing. But can I tell you that if we stay true to the Word of God, it might be that we're working overtime, but if we keep pumping and pumping and pumping, if we keep pumping our lives with the Word of God, if we keep pumping our lives in prayer, if we pump our lives with fasting, if we pump our lives with believing God, God will do exceedingly and abundantly above that which my mind can think or comprehend because He still works, church. He still works. But can I tell you, we have a responsibility more than just to take care of ourselves. If people like Brother Art and Brother Gaskins would have said, well, this is my church. I built this church. It's my church. The Bible tells us that that church would have capsized because the Bible said, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, they labor in vain. I don't know when the time's coming for, pro- for the property up there to have a house, but I'm telling you, I'll never build a church. You say, well, Pastor, what are you saying? You're going to leave here before we build a building? No, no, I didn't say I wouldn't see a building get built. I won't build a church, but I might be here because if the Lord builds the house, we that labor, we labor not in vain. I'm telling you, God's going to do it, and we're going to see it happen. There's pictures of what the church was originally going to look like. There's, there's signs and pictures you can see later about how far we've come. I'm telling you, we've come this far by faith, leading on the Lord, trusting in His Holy Word. He's never failed us yet, and He still will never fail us again. The Apostle Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He addresses two things. One, he addresses the container, that's the people of God, earthen vessels. And he addresses the contents, which is the light of the Lord or the light of God. He talks about the power of God. It's a cross-reference to Judges chapter 7, verses 16. Paul remembers the story of Gideon when the Bible said they put the the torches or the lamps inside the pots. And then they went to battle and they clanged the pots together with the light. We are those earthen vessels. But the fire is the Holy Ghost. And all we've got to do is get out of the way and let the dunamis, the dynamite power of God come in our lives. We're the earthen vessels, but look at what he said. It's an earthen vessels, but it's not of us, but it's the excellency of the power. What power? Dunamis power. Where is it from? The fire. What fire? The Holy Ghost. We're nothing without the Spirit of Almighty God. Nothing. We must pass this treasure on to others. So quickly I want to tell you today, what are these things that, if we want to be built to last, what do we have to do? What did people like Bishop Ard and Bishop Gaskins and others, what are the things that help get us to where we are today? What are the things we got to do for 30 years longer or 50 years longer or to celebrate longer life here in this county? I'll tell you what we have to do. 
First thing is we've got to pass theology. Theology is a big word. It literally means the study of God. We've got to tell our children and our grandchildren there's still a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. we still got to tell them Jesus is the answer for the world today. we got to tell them that you cannot come into the Father unless you go through Jesus Christ. He is the open door. Muhammad won't get you there. Buddha won't get you there. Uh, Scientology won't get you there. Atheism won't get you there. The government won't get you there. The Republicans won't get you there. The Democrats won't get you there. The House of Representatives won't get you there. There's only one name under heaven and earth by which men must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. We have to tell them Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. They have to have sound doctrine. 2 Timothy 4 and 3 says this, A time will come that men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap unto themselves teachers. Having itching ears, they shall turn away from truth and listen to fables. I'd like to tell you that, oh, that's going to be 30 years down the road, but it's happening now. People don't want to go to church for the preacher to tell them that they're living in sin. They want to go to church to feel good about their sin. People don't want to go to church for a man or a woman of God to stand behind this sacred podium and call them out of darkness into their marvelous light. They want us to condone the darkness and not bring them to the light. I'm not talking about how you decorate your sanctuaries and auditoriums. I'm not talking about how you conduct, you know, methods can change, but the message remains the same. I don't care if you have screens on the wall or you don't have screens on the wall. I don't care if you sing in a three-piece suit or you sing in khaki pants and a polo shirt. Your methods may change, but it still has to be Jesus. Unless Jesus be high and lifted up, he's the only one that draws men unto himself. We live in a day where people are compromised by truth. They want it to be their way. They don't want theology. They don't want that. They want their own agendas. They don't want you to preach the word. They don't want you to talk about prayer meetings. They don't want you to talk about fasting or tarrying and waiting on the Lord till he comes. They don't want to hear that. That doesn't fit into their instantaneous gratification lifestyle. Deuteronomy, though, the Bible tells us that Moses gave the people of God instructions Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. And these words which I command you this day, they shall be on your heart. You shall teach them to your children and to your children's children. You will talk about it when you are sitting at the house. You will walk by this way. And when you lie down and when you rise up, what are you saying? I'm saying little Johnny's got to hear you pray. Little Sally's got to see you in the Word. Brother so-and-so's got to see you worship in the Lord. If you don't like how great is our God, but you love just a little talk with Jesus, Jesus makes it right well then why don't you worship with the young people when they're singing how great is our God and maybe they'll talk to Jesus and get it right we've got to do this thing together there's a lot of songs I don't like both hymns and praise and worship but I don't sing them because I like them I sing them because I'm worshiping God there are songs sister Brenda her favorite song is days of Elijah loves it that song sends me in overdrive. I've played that song so many times in my career. I don't care if I've ever had to hear that song played again. There's nothing wrong with the song. I've played it so many times at camp meetings and other events that I'm just, I'm thinking like days of Elijah, his days are over. Let somebody else have a day. His day has come and gone. But you know what? 
You know why we still sing Days of Elijah? Because I got young people that will sit in the sound booth with tears streaming down their face when I sing, Behold, He Comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. I may not like it, but they need to hear it. But some of us in here, we like just a little talk with Jesus. makes right. I love it. But I'm telling you, our young people in our next generation and the generation of him may never have a talk with Jesus until we show them how to make it right. We've got to show them how to get there. So we must transfer the truth from one generation to the next. The next thing, if we want to last, we not only have the treasure of theology, but we have a treasure of heritage. This church was laid on a godly heritage. We, tell, we say it all the time about people when they're born, oh, they come from good stock. What we're saying in the South is they got good family. They come from good people, a godly heritage. This church was incepted that way. Pastor Ard and men like, Billy Powell, Sister Jeannie's father, and others that would have prayer meetings. Some that would last all night. In fact, I've heard stories, and Brother Art could tell you more about them. Sometimes they'd spend the night all night in the church, especially when they were building the church, and they'd pray, but they would make cots, if you will, and lay in rooms in here and stay all night because they were, one, protecting the church, but two, they were praying, and God was moving. They would have watch night service, and one of these books, you'll see it where they had a New Year's Eve Watch night service, praying in the old, out the old year and bringing in the new year. You can't even get people to pray at 11 o'clock in the morning. Let's get them to pray at midnight. That's good preaching if we aren't church of God today. Yeah, somebody, hey, will you say the blessing? No, you go ahead and say it. I don't want to pray, but you think you're going to come at midnight and pray with me? Yeah, right. You can't even say God is great, God is good without embarrassment. I don't expect you to be here at midnight. The Bible says if we're ashamed of him before men, he'll be ashamed before us, of us before his heavenly father. They prayed this building into existence. No, no, I'm not talking about they prayed and it just showed up one night. They still had to labor. But they didn't do it without God orchestrating where it was going. Others have prayed before we did major renovation in this property. When I first got here, a lot of the painting and other things we did before we change some things just in terms of upgrading some paints and fixing some holes and patching some things were original colors. The people like Billy Powell painted himself in this room, in this house. There was murals on the walls. There was carpet that was done by previous administrations. Every Everything you see over these doors, these, these if you will, door jams and these ornate molding pieces in the corners. No, I didn't contract Hiram and the cedars of Lebanon. I didn't call Solomon and ask him who, who handcrafted these. So you don't buy them that looks quite like this. You know who did it? That man sitting over there on that pew over there, he, he took the time to work the wood, build the, put the chair in and build the stage. Yes, we've had to move pews. Yes, we've had to do things in expansion. But there are still fingerprints from 1993 that are on doors. And walls. No, the church wasn't built in 1993 here, but the church started in 1993. By the time they got here, we started putting the fingerprints of God's ministry all over the building. Yeah, things change. I get it. But we have a godly heritage. You remember what I said? The lines have fallen to us in pleasant places. But I have a good inheritance. What's another word inheritance? A heritage, a good inheritance. My heritage. Some of you in this room, You've seen people filled with the Holy Spirit. You've seen people saved in this church. 
in this house, maybe with different carpet, maybe with different altar structures, but you have seen God move on this property. And a revival, and a, and a homegoing service, a, a homecoming event, you see God move. God didn't change. The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So what happened? We moved. I'm not talking about we just individually. I'm saying that churches, the reason a lot of churches are struggling and are dying out is not because they don't have good growth strategies and they haven't went to every seminar. No, they've tried every seminar. They've read every 24 to double book they can find. They, they've tried every means of methodologies to work and it's not working and they're scratching their head. I'll tell you why. They moved before God moved. Or they outmoved God. The Bible tells us when the children of Israel were traveling, God said, when the fire is moving, follow it. When the fire stands still, stay there. There's too many people trying to outrun the fire than staying in the fire. Too many people are trying to get out of the fire rather than letting the fourth man in the fire stay in the fire with them. See, there's sometimes we got to remember where we came from. I'm not saying that we don't have a, we, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, any man that puts his hand in the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. No, no. I'm not saying we just keep looking in the rearview mirror. There's a reason the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror. Because the intention is when you're driving to keep going forward, not to always live in reverse. But sometimes you have to use the rearview mirror to not hit anything along the way because you got to know where you're going. The heritage is what helps us stay grounded. So when we start plowing ahead, all of a sudden it's that heritage, that, that heritage of prayer, that heritage of fasting, that heritage of these men and women that have prayed in this building. As the church continues to move, sometimes we get there and we realize, oh, let's stop and look behind us for a moment before we crash and burn. Because the heritage has been laid out. Judges 2 and 10 tells us that there was a generation that rose up that knew not the Lord or His mighty acts. My fear is that our children, mine included, will grow up in an age that doesn't know Jesus like I know Jesus. My fear is that we will raise generations of young people who are unacquainted with the manifestation of God's dunamis power. Oh, they'll know how to go to church and do church. They'll know how to sing the songs with the right beats. They'll know how to elicit emotional responses. They'll know how to manipulate church. Because that's what most churches are doing now. They're manipulating church. But they won't know what it's like when the true power of Almighty God walks into the room. They'll sit there. They'll be stunned. They'll be fidgeted. They'll be looking around. What is that? What is that? I want that. I told you a couple weeks ago, those that are part of this body of my faith, I told you a couple weeks ago, I want it to be one Sunday or one Wednesday with the power of our Sunday night or whenever. The power of God to sweep so strong that when our young people and my child and other people sit in this room, they may have questions and say, what is that? Something's different. I can say, son, that's God. He just walked in. That's God. He just walked in. I read a story of a mother who was busy cleaning her house when she heard a crash in the next room. Her four-year-old little boy came out and said, Mom, you know that pretty vase that you said was passed down from generation to generation? Reluctantly, she said, Yes. He said, Well, just to let you know, this generation dropped it. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we'll raise up a generation that will drop what we've been trying to teach them. All prayer and fasting and Holy Spirit baptism has been passed down from my great-grandparents and then my grandparents and then to my mom and, and to my uncles. It's been passed, but if we're not careful, there'll come a generation that will drop 
the earthen vessel, they'll drop the vase. We must reacquaint them with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We must let them hear us pray. We must let them see us lift up holy hands. We must let them see us cry rivers of living water and joy, tears of joy. We must let them know in the God we serve. And finally, if we want to be built to last, not only do we have to have a treasure of theology, a treasure of a heritage, but I'm telling you, we got to remain committed to the cause. Any man who puts his hand to the plow but wants to always look back, he's not fit. I'm not talking about looking at your heritage at this point. I'm saying that scripture in terms of there's a lot of people that plowed for a long time really good, but they've got weary in well-doing. And in their weariness and their tiredness, they've let go of the plow. And they're sitting now on the sidelines somewhere lost, abandoned from God. There are people in this church today that have family members that used to sit on these pews in this house, play instruments in this house, worship God in this house, but they're not in this house today because they put their hand to the plow, but they grew weary and well-doing, and they let go. If we let go, church, of what we know, there'll be nothing left for us to hold on to down the road. If you turn the reins loose from a horse, he's going to run free. But the purpose of the reins is not to manipulate him to the point of torture, but to keep him under subjection. Can I tell you that while we need to have the treasure of theology and the treasure of a heritage, our children, our grandchildren, we can't just let them do whatever they want. We've got to hold them up in prayer. We've got to hold on to the reins. We, we're not trying to manipulate them. We're trying to keep them out of the ditch. We're trying to keep them from running free. We've got to hold on to them and not let them go. Because the reality of it is if we're not careful when we start letting our children and our grandchildren decide whether or not they want to come to church though they live in our house they're not going to come because you gave them the choice can, can I, I just want to take about 30 seconds and I'm just going to preach for a second because I don't have this many people normally on Sunday so I want to feel good about it then we'll be back next week so the rest of y'all that do come to church don't fire me today please you know why I do it this way if you're under the age of 25 years old you stand all over this house I'll do 30. Let's do 30. Anyone under 30? 30 and under, stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. You guys are the you guys are y'all the nicest looking people in here today. Y'all ain't got a crow foot, a wrinkle foot, a saggy eye, a flubber under the arm. Y'all ain't got nothing wrong with y'all. Y'all don't even know what back pain is. You stub your toe. That's the worst you've ever experienced. Half y'all ain't even learned what taxes mean yet. You know why this generation don't want to come to church? You guys can sit down. I just wanted them to see how pretty you were. You know why that generation don't want to come to church? Because when you leave here today, that generation that was standing up, you think they have their iPods in and you're their, their, their headphones in. But what they heard, Sister Alma, when they left church today, is they heard Daddy in the front seat saying, that preacher preached too long. God, why do we keep going to that church? God, the music there is awful. God, if I could, I wish they'd find better singing. I don't know why we have to listen to that. God, that's horrible singing. You think they're listening to Justin Bieber and their ear pods, but what they're actually doing is hearing you bash God.
in his house. And the next Sunday when you say, Johnny, it's time to go to church. Oh, Dad, I don't really want to go to church. And then you want to come by my office and say, Pastor, I don't know. Please pray for my children. I don't know why they don't want to come to church. I wonder why. Because all they hear is you talk about how you don't like the long-winded preacher. Or you don't like the way the singing is. Or you didn't like the way the color carpet got. Or you didn't like the new flooring in the kitchen. Or you didn't like the stainless steel appliances. Or why did the church spend so much money? All they heard you do was complain about the church you're trying to force them to go to. Can I tell you one thing about generations that are under 30? Especially teenagers, they're brutally honest and they're real. So what they know is, well, my God, if you hate going, why force me to go? Hello, preacher. Then you want to go, Pastor, I don't know why they don't want to come to church. I'll tell them why. Because you said you didn't want to go to church either. You came because Grandmama taught you. You came because Daddy taught you. But you're miserable, so you're telling the next generation to be miserable in God's house too. But what if you got up and said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. What if on Sunday morning when you're in there flipping flapjacks and making eggs and waffles and cooking bags and bacon, what if, what if they heard you saying, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. What if instead of you sitting there going, oh, God, honey, we got to go listen to Sister Sherry and that band sing again. Oh, God, you know that preacher's going to keep us from getting to Gilligan's before Baptist folks get there to this week. Oh, God, what if instead of that, if you said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What if you changed the tide of why you're here? You might be surprised. Little Johnny, little Sally, little Susie, they may come to church if they thought you wanted to be here too. Little Johnny, little Sally, little Susie don't need iPods to give giveaways to get them to church. I went to a South Carolina camp meeting this week, or last two weeks ago, sorry. We had seasoned men like Dr. Tim Hill and Pastor Tommy Bates and Pastor Anthony Pelt, all older men, grandfathers. And there were hundreds of teenagers in church. You say, oh, they were just there to socialize. Doesn't matter. They chose to come on Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Socializing or not, they heard Jesus for three nights in a row. It's not that there's not a generation that's hungry. Sometimes the previous generation told them there wasn't nothing to come for. Hello, preacher commitment Revelation 2 and 10 says be thou faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life the church will never be anything but a place on Sunday to some people because they've lost a lack of commitment commitment to prayer commitment to generosity to harvest to relationships you watched that video earlier you heard that a song was played that had this tagline in it may all who come behind us find us faithful may we leave a jug of spiritual water filled that the next weary generation follow us can drink from the rivers and fountains of life. May we live in such a way that we leave treasures for the next generation to have. Who would have thought some 29, 30 years ago there would be a building on 1211 Highway 52 
Who would have thought 30 years later we'd be here today? The problem is what's after that? This is today. But what will be the next generation's story? I hope and pray the next generation they'll be built to last. They'll endure a last. They'll endure to the end. Now before we go to prayer and I give you the opportunity to go eat, I'm going to do something a little bizarre. Those of you that don't come to church here a lot or maybe never been here, I apologize to you in advance. Those of you that are here every week, you pretty much don't ever know what I'm going to do, so you're, you're just going to be surprised like all of us. I don't know if there's any other, there might be other, some others, I'm not sure. But are there any, I'm going to ask Pastor Art and Sister Art to stand at their seat. Are there any others that were here when the church got started? I'm going to ask you to stand. Are there anybody besides Brother Art and Sister Art, will you stand? Are there anybody in this room? I know, is there anybody else besides them? I know Sister Buell was here a while ago. She would have been one of the ones. All right, so Brother Sister Art, will you stand right where you are for me this morning? Go ahead and stand for me. If you've been a part of this body, so we've been here 30 years, let's start with 25. If you've been here for over 25 years, a part of this family, even if you've come and gone, even if you've, but if you have been a part, connected to this church for over 25 years, stand. 20 years. If you've done 20 years, done 15 years 15 if you've done 10 years you've been here for 10 10 years for those of you that are standing thank you thank you Remain standing. Don't go sit down yet. Remain standing. Say, so, well, Pastor, why did, why did you have a stand? What, what's the point? Because there would be no church for me to pastor if you hadn't been here this long. If you didn't have visionaries and dreamers. I know some of you have moved off. You've gone different places. You're at other places of life. That's okay. There wouldn't be a church here if you weren't here at some point in time. I don't know how many of you ever nailed a nail in this building, ever laid a piece of carpet, ever cleaned a bathroom. But the fact that you've been here for over 10, 15, 20, 25, and ultimately 30 years connected to this church, you've left us something built to last. I don't take for granted the fact that I get for the last four years to serve in the office, almost four years, the office that I hold. But I don't want it just to last 30 years, or 35 years, or 40 years. If God should tarry another 100 years and I'm dead and gone, I want 100 years down the road, somebody still to drive by 1211, Highway 52 in 2123, 
and be able to say, that church was built to last. It was built to last. Barna Statistics tells us that hundreds of churches close by the minute. I decree and declare before this body, with the Lord's help, we're built to last. We won't be in that statistic. We'll be here till he comes. We'll keep working till it comes. We will be here until he comes. Now, if you've been here nine years, eight years, just go down. Once you get to that number, if you'll stand, eight years, seven years, six years, five years, five years, anybody, five years, which means the rest of you that are seated, you got stuck with me. <laughs> Thank you too. Because <laughs> you probably should have bailed a long time ago by now. Now I'm going to ask everyone to stand today. Some of you in here are my spiritual family. Some of you are so close friends to my family that you were like family and we just in, in you know if you will made you part of the family and called you part of the family some of you are blood relatives in this house today but all of us are part of one family the family of God now, I know some of you will travel back to your homes upstate other parts of states some of you will go to your home churches next week you have a home church please by all means go go back so your pastor doesn't think I proselyted you here if you don't have a home church or you don't have a church you call home or if you're unsure about where you're going to go home come here but you didn't hear that from me but here's my prayer today before we transition today's services my prayer today is not only for you even all of you that are traveling other places. But for people like Brother Joe and Sister Priscilla back here that have served in puppet ministry and singing and doing things in this church, wherever they go back today with their family and the church they go to next week, I want to be a church that's built to last too because we need each other in this kingdom. It's not about competition. It's not about Brother so-and-so's church is 500 and ours is 50. No, we're all trying to win souls for Jesus Christ. Pastor Ard goes and preaches wherever God's assignment for his, is for him when he goes and travels and does evangelistic work that he'll help build churches and that community is built to last. But I'm going to do this before I pray for us today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask one question only today. Is there someone in this house today that says, Pastor I hear you talk about a church that's built to last but I need to make sure my life is with Jesus Christ so that eternity I'm built to last when eternity calls me home. If there's one person in this house today that you may have just a small measure of doubt if God should call you home that you may not go to heaven. I want to make sure that your eternity is built to last. So is there one person in this house, no one looking around but me and Jesus, but is there someone here today that says, Pastor, I am slightly uncertain 
that if God should call me home today, I would go. But I want to leave this place ensured that I'm going to heaven. With nobody looking around but me and Jesus, will you slip your hand and let me pray for you today? I see your hand. There's one. Are there any others? I see that hand. There's two. Any others? I I see that hand in the back. Thank you. Any others? Now let me help you understand this. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to make this whole church pray with you. Together in a corporate repeat after me prayer so you're not alone. But let me tell you, when you say this prayer that we're about to repeat together, can I tell you your life has now been eternally secured. You're built to last. You now are the temple of the body. Your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost. You may not be a part of Santee Circle Church of God, but you're a part of the church of Almighty God, the family of God, and you will be eternally built to last with Jesus Christ. So we've had two people that their hands have lifted. So church, we're not going to leave them alone. We're going to pray with them. So they don't feel like eternity is all by themselves because we're all family. So everybody repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross. You were buried in a tomb, but you got out of that tomb. You're now in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Come into my life. Be Lord and Savior of my life. I commit my life to you and confess my sins and believe you're God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The two people that said that, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you for this body of believers. But the Bible says that when one comes to know Jesus Christ, the angel, all of heaven stops what they're doing, and the angels of heaven rejoice. Can we give a hand clap of praise and say welcome to the family of God? Two people have been built to last. They've been built to last. Now before I have Brother Randy come and pray, I'm going to ask you to grab the hand of the person beside you. If you don't have somebody, please get beside him. We slide down and you'll hold someone's hand. Now I want to pray over this entire body of believers at our church. The church you represent, we will be built to last and we'll keep on working till he comes. Father, to the best of my ability, I've laid out the scriptures to you today. I've preached your word. Help us to be earthen vessels that it's not the power of us, but the power of God that resides in us. Oh, how the lines have fallen in pleasant places, but we have a godly and a goodly inheritance. Father, may you bless us and keep us. May you make your face shine upon us. May you be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. And guard our hearts until we come again. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, our blessed strength and Redeemer. Gather the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Before we're dismissed, Sister Carol, will you go to the key of, let's go to F, if maybe. I'm not sure. Brother Barnes will be 92 on Tuesday. Liam turned three, I believe. Is it three today? Today. Today is his birthday. So we did it right. So let's sing this together. Happy birthday to you. Let's say God bless you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday, God. Happy birthday. Can we just give a hand to them today?
Before we pray the benedictory prayer, let me give you some housekeeping instructions so that it's not mass chaos. We want to feed you. We've got lots of food for you. We have a singing at 2 o'clock that's going to be wonderful. You're going to love them. They're, going to, they're great singers. But what we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask the honored guest. You say, how do I know if I'm an honored guest? If you don't come to church here, typically on Sunday, you're an honored guest. So if you weren't here last Sunday and you don't plan on being back next Sunday because you don't come to church here, you're an honored guest today. If you come back next Sunday and you were in the honored guest line, we're going to talk about repentance next week. But our honored guests and their families, we're going to let them go first, following them. If you are not a senior citizen, but a seasoned saint, that's 55 plus around the